Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to the Technical File Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Manny Fresh, joined by my co-host. What up, people? Luke, Anthony Lucas, a.k.a. Luke, back at it again. One hand this was the name of Duo. What's going on? What up, what up? Welcome to the 25th episode of the Technical File Podcast. Uh, been on a little bit of a hiatus. Ten days, we switched our schedules around. Little scheduling issues here and there, but we are back at y'all with another episode. What's good, y'all? Uh, coming at coming at you guys right after uh, Game Five of the NBA Finals, where the Warriors uh, clinched their second championship in three years, defeating the Cavaliers. Um, what's good, man? Uh, I know you watched tonight. Wanted to get your thoughts officially on on. I know we haven't really talked since the beginning of the finals, so we really haven't had a yeah, chance yeah. to really talk about the series as a whole, uh, you know, as a whole. But what's good, man? Give me your thoughts on everything that transpired in this series. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's much of a surprise that the Warriors won, but you know, they. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. This, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not much of a surprise, even though I picked Cleveland to win because I like. Uh, I like disparity. I like controversy with my sports. So, um, yeah. Because uh, you're an ignorant nigga. Most, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> most people pick Golden State. Most, I mean, most people pick Golden State to win. You know, Vegas pick Golden State to win. Um, it is what it is, man. That's what, you know, the, the, series, uh, the last two games, well, the last three games were compelling games. Well, not the last game, but the, two, the last two out of three games were really good games, really compelling games. 
I like the energy from both sides the last the last two out of three games. Uh, that's about. I mean, it is what it is. You know, go to states. You know, they got a a juggernaut out here as LeBron James called it out west, and uh, you see why they call it a juggernaut, man. Um, go to state Walker, That's why they brought Kevin Durant to go to state. Uh, most people don't understand why they brought him to go to state. Mary had, had a stack team. It's because when that ball goes dead and them jump shots ain't going, you need that one guy you can just get the ball to. He can get his own shot. Um. And that's what Durant was used for in the series uh, throughout the season. That closer, really seen, that closer. Yeah, you really, yeah, you really seen it in this series where not even a closer, like just certain quarters where you know that that game when the game gets bottled down, and when you coming off screens and you're not mm-hmm. open, and you just throw the ball to one guy and just let a post turn around and shoot over top of everybody, or you don't really have to run the play for him at the top to keep draining the three over somebody because he's seven one. So. Uh, that's what they got him for, man. And uh, smart move by Golden State. You know, in the long run, I mean, in the short run, smart move by Kevin Durant, man. He knew um, where he had to go to will best fit him for him for he can win the championship right now, right away. So, uh, congratulations to the Warriors. You know, great series, uh, great team. Arguably, you know, some people argue maybe the greatest team ever assembled. So. You know, like they're the Avengers or some shit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, like they're superheroes and shit. Like they yeah, superheroes. Yeah, arguably, yeah. arguably the best team ever assembled. Um, outside of, uh, I mean, I always go with the, that Lakers team. You know, um, the Showtime Lakers. But, hey, I mean, if you if you look at Kareem, he's on a decline once that Showtime Lakers team was taken off. So, We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that where we where we rank uh, Golden State historically. Let me just say a couple things about. Let me, let me let me just say a couple things about the finals as a whole. I mean, I don't think there's really much of a surprise, honestly. Um, you know, the series kind of played out the way I expected it. I think at the beginning when we talked, I think what you know, damn, we ain't talked in ten days uh, on the air anyway. Yeah. We haven't talked in ten days. Um, you know, I picked the Warriors in five. I just thought that this was going to be a tough task, even for LeBron. I mean, uh, you know, as always, you know, anytime that you have the best player on the court, you're always going to have a chance, at least a fighting chance. But I, I just felt like even even if LeBron played superhuman, it, it still wasn't going to be enough. I mean, this is just a team that was not going to be denied. I thought they were the best team by far this season. Um they were they were just sometimes, especially in the NBA, when you're the best team, you're gonna win nine times out of ten. I'd say yeah. nine nine point five times out of ten, you're gonna win. Yeah. Um. So you know the Warriors proved what they what they had to do. Um. I'm looking at I'm I'm gonna start with the positives first. Um. The series really recovered. Uh, it was an I would say it was an entertaining five game series. It wasn't a great five game series, but it was an entertaining five game. I mean, I, I think I said it the other day offline to one of my boys uh, uh, that this was the most entertaining uh, blowout series I've ever seen. Realistically, when you think about it, like even the blowouts were entertaining because just the level of play that you saw in each game was was just at a high level even though the, you know it, it, it's much different than watching you know Golden State Golden State Ramrod Utah like this is different you know what i mean yeah. this is at least it feels like this is just a team playing at a high level against another very good team. Like, it's different than watching the Spurs run through the Clippers or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's different. 
So I think it was an entertaining series, but I ultimately the series did not deliver what it needed to deliver. Um, and, and look, we can get into schematically why the Warriors won, why the Warriors dominated for the most part the series, why the Cavaliers couldn't mount any sustained outside of one game where they just they just shot the ball out of this world. I mean, when everybody talks about game four and that performance. You had to know that that game was not going to carry over. I mean, it just wasn't. They, the Cavaliers had a night that they just they played out of their minds. And sometimes you just kind of throw your hands up and say, hey, you know what? They got this one tonight. And that's what the Cavaliers did on the, the other night, uh, I believe Friday night. But, I mean, you can talk about this schematically. What did the Warriors do that gave the, the, the Cavaliers so much problems and what the Cavaliers failed to do, failed to make adjustments. We can talk about this schematically all we want. We'll leave that to the P.J. Carlissimos and the, and the, and the Doris Burks and, and, you know, the Chris Broussard and all the experts, all the so-called experts out there. Realistically, this came down to the Warriors had Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah. And they were the better team. Yeah. That 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 it basically it. Like you can you can sit there and try to you know well pacing was a problem. And we all know pacing. I mean we're we're not like look basketball is not rocket science. It, it, it's not. Yeah. You know it's it's a pretty simple game to follow. It, it's it's not rocket science. You're not you're not sitting there you know schematically judging defensive schemes and cover twos and base defenses and all that. This is a pretty a pretty simple game. You know so. We could talk about schematic. We could break it down schematically what they did or what they do. But this just came down to a team that was just better, superior, better. That's it. That's it. That's all it was. And now to the negative things. Uh, you know, Adam Silver can can. And I know what. And I know the game plan. Tomorrow, Adam Silver is going to go out there and he's going to give a press conference. Oh, he's not probably going to give a press conference, but a, but a, you know, publish a statement that you know he's proud of the Warriors, proud of where the league is, and you know, tell me everything about the ratings and the revenue and where the league is. Bottom line is, bottom line, Adam. Tomorrow, when you're sitting at your little coffee table eating your little, you know, your coffee cake and your coffee, um, you need to realize that your league is in trouble from a standpoint of. You basically have two teams. Mm-hmm. One of them is a has the potential to dominate for years to come. Mm-hmm. And you just your product, your product, which ESPN and Turner are paying close to I think twelve billion for T V money, just gave you the worst postseason in history. So you can sit there, you can give me all your little soliloquies about ratings and finances and revenues, this, and every team has this much money and this, that, and the other, and every franchise is valued at this and that and da 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 Your league just gave us the worst playoffs I've ever seen in my 25 and change years of watching basketball. So, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much it. I think the exact opposite of what, when you say that, though, because I think now what you're going to what's going to happen when I said at first when you first said it, I was agreeing, and I was like, hey, this might be great for the league. Like if Golden State wins, this brings everybody back to the drawing board. This, you know, this Gordon Hayward. Let's say for you know the superstars that are going to leave this year and possibly next year. Now they're looking like, hey, I just can't go. Like Gordon Hayward's like, hey, I just can't stay in Utah with nobody and compete against Golden State. Now I'm gonna have to go somewhere with someone, and I think that's what breeds competition. When you start putting good players on good teams together, you breed competition. I I think this is actually good for the league. I think it's the exact opposite because now everybody knows who they're chasing. 
They know this is this is the product that we have to chase. This same reason why Golden State got Kevin Durant and made this great team. If if Golden Golden State wins two championships in a row, they beat Cleveland, then they don't assemble with Kevin Durant and make this mega team beyond super team with four superstars. Same difference. I think this actually breeds better competition. You always say the, uh, the level of players in the NBA are, are they're marginal compared to the players of the past. You don't think the talent pool is this deep? I don't. So let's start gravitating. Let's start gravitating these 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 players that are supposed to be good, are supposed to be great, uh, borderline stars, superstars. Start gravitating them together, and that's what Golden State is going to force teams to do, whether we like it or not. It's going to force Gordon Hayward to go to a Boston. To go to a Miami and let them stack. But see that. But see that's where I disagree with you when you say that that's good for the league because now you're basically going to have three or four teams that have all the players and every other team that just has nothing. The NBA has always been that way though. Like now your your, your problem is it's only two. But now you're going to be three or four now nowadays. But no, the NBA was. And we've talked about this before. The NBA was always a two to three team league. But but you had but it was tiers to it. You had. The three really great teams, and you had about four to five good teams, really good teams. That, that, but but let, 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 let me let me finish. Let me finish real quick. You had about four to five teams that were in the middle there. That if something broke right, if they made a trade, if somebody got injured, they can they can one of them, one or two of them could kind of push into that next tier. And then you had the the Drecks of the league. You know, you had your Kings and your you know your fucking Dallas Mavericks. You know, whatever. Pick a team. Pick a bad team. My Knicks, my Lakers, whatever. Um, but now, it's like it's like it's like the argument where like when people say like America's middle class is going away. Like there is no middle class in the NBA. It's like there's a bunch of Warren Buffetts, Bill Gates, and then everybody else is Anthony Lucas, Emmanuel Brown. Like they're all right. They you know they 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 comfortable. They can pay their bills. You know they 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 got comfortable living situations. But we ain't balling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, so, I, so that middle class is kind of eroding. I think the middle class of the NBA is really eroding when you look at it. Like, well, I, I think the NBA is ever flowing. I think it's a. Uh... Uh, I think it's an Evan cycle. Like, if this is happening, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. It, it's it's cyclical in a lot of ways because you know we yeah. can come back in five years and and we have that's, a talent pool that's that's, that's huge. I mean, it, it is cyclical in a lot of ways. I get that, but I'm just saying for the short term, I, I don't agree with you. I don't think this is a great thing. Like you're trying to make it out to be. Like I think. I mean, I think. Yes, for the players, it's probably going to be a good thing because they're going to be able to, you know, squeeze as much money out as they can of these franchises and and join up with their friends and their AAU buddies and all that and build super teams. But I don't think super team. I th- I think having one super team and teams chase them is is good for the league. I don't think I don't think it's good for the league when you basically have three super teams and everybody else is just kind of tossing and turning and spinning their wheels. I don't agree that that's good for the league. Right now, we've already and I didn't even bring up in my little in my little diatribe of of Adam Silver. I didn't even bring up the fact that he's got to address the play the rest issue in the NBA. Right now, he has a regular season that that isn't worth shit. Like let's call it like we see it. They're regular. When your biggest player, when your face of your league basically says, "I can give a damn about the regular season," call me in April. Yeah. When your when your best player when your when your figurehead says I could care less about the regular season, Adam, Adam, again, you can throw me all your figures. You have a problem. 
and I'm not saying it's just LeBron. We know we know this issue goes goes far beyond LeBron now at this point. Like we know that the 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 the, the I, I hate I don't even know the old expression, but we know that the, the, this issue is is far exceeded LeBron now at this point. Like. It's everybody now. And, and I think that when you have a situation where your regular season has been devalued to such a to such an extent, like I, I just I don't know what you're gonna do. I really don't. I think they I think the NBA has I think the NBA has some real question marks right now. Well, well yeah, but that's that's bigger than the NBA though. I think that's I don't think I think it's always been a problem with the regular season, but I think it's a bigger problem now because of the media. And then the 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 actual concept of everyone has a microphone and everyone can speak. Just because, like, let's say, for instance, like you just said, it's bigger than LeBron. You can understand when LeBron takes a rest when he takes two games off. But like you brought up a couple weeks ago, like with Demarcus Cousins, game twenty six, you goddamn be eleven and fifteen, you're taking a night off. Like for what? Like you know you're not making playoffs, but you're taking a night off. You're exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah, but at the same token, it's. A, we're the reason why, in a way, whether we like it or not, we're the reason why that the regular season doesn't mean much anymore. Us being the fans. Because when we have the arguments about great players, and we have the arguments about who's, who's this and who's that, at the end of the day, we always say, who's won the championship? Who's winning in April? Who's winning in June? We always say that. If you, no matter what, you have the argument all the time. You're like, well, Kobe got five rings. Well, if Kobe, you know, if he, if this, if, these generations, these miniature players think the same way we think. They think, like, hey, man, the only way I'm great is if I win. Mm-hmm. And the only way I win is in April and June. So this regular season, I'm going to play it. But I have to play it as hard as I play in April and June. So it's, this, it's, it's that concept. It's that the marginalization of a Charles Barkley, you know, of a John Stockton or a Carl Malone. You see how serious they took the regular season. Yeah. But in history, when you think of great players, somehow we put Tim Duncan above Carl Malone. Because he's won championships. Arguably, Carl is probably the best player I've ever seen outside of Michael Jordan play basketball and LeBron James. But we, you don't even hear Carl Malone in the discussion anymore. Yeah. Why is that? Because Carl Malone never won a win. But if we argue about the Charles Barkley factor, right? We do, we do, we do grow. I, I think Probably we, one of the most tenacious players that ever played a game outside of Dennis Rodman. Right, right. It's Charles Barkley. Like, I love yeah. the way Charles Barkley played basketball. However, you know, outside of, you know, Dennis Robin and Kevin Arnett. However, some kids don't even know who Charles Barkley is because he's never won a championship. So it's, it's, it's due to us also and the media. Like, we don't give these great players who play great regular seasons the great playoffs without winning championships. They're just due anymore because it's all about the ring at the end of the day. It's all about the ring. And I think that's well. I think like I think I think in every sport has I, I, look. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it is part on the media, and it's crazy to sound like we're basically a part of the media now. We have a yeah. we have a platform, a very a very a very minuscule platform, but we have a platform nonetheless. Um, it, it, you're right. We have contributed to that. I, the way I would equate it is. In a movie, everybody watches the climax. That's the that's the one that sticks out the most in the entire movie, right? The performances and the climax, the epic, the third act, that final act. That's what. But but the entire movie is still a build up, yeah. a lead up to that final act. And right now, you have a movie that, damn, everybody remembers the final act, but the rest of it was just a bore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And 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 and, and I think that that is a problem. And I get what you're saying that. We ourselves, fans, media, whatever, we've we're 
in part to blame because all we've done is tell these guys, well, championships are everything, and whatever it is, whatever else you do doesn't mean shit. And I get that, but I feel like every sport, to a except for baseball, where it's more statistically driven, and you know, we go gaga about Aaron Judge, and we go gaga about this guy and that guy. Like that's that's baseball is a different element in and of itself. But for the for the yeah. rest of the other team sports, it's about championships, and that's that's what it should be. But I think that I think I, honestly, I think that's still a cop out. I think it's an excuse given by guys that say, well, you guys all complain about, well, all you niggas complain about is that we don't win championships. Well, look at us now. We're, we're purposely trying to win championships. But no, it's still, the, it's still it's, the chase is still the appealing part. The chase, the, the buildup, the buildup to that climax is what, what people get into, invested emotionally year in and year out. Like, like if you're, if, you're, if, you're a place, if you're a person from a foreign land and you've never watched basketball before and you get put on this planet and you're, and you're told, hey, man, you got to watch this, this game we have, basketball in the NBA, like, what are, you, what are you selling to them? Like, next year, the Warriors and the Cavaliers are going to be the two favorites to get back to the finals. And there's, there's really nobody else. Like, before this season started, right, like, and I'll bring up baseball as an example because their season is still relatively young by comparison. Uh-huh. Like I could have gave you the Nationals. I could have gave you uh-huh. the Mets before the Mets pitching staff decided to fucking shit. Um the Cubs. I could have gave you the Red Sox. I could have gave you the, the Indians. I could have gave you the Astros, the Rangers. Like I could have give you six or seven really solid teams that have a chance to win a championship. And that's not including the team that gets hot, the team that makes a trade at, July, or, or, at, at the trade deadline. That's not including a hot prospect coming up and getting hot and, and a team getting hot and making a run in September and into October. That's not including those those 2007 Colorado Rockies that came out of nowhere. That's not including those teams. So I'm giving you six solid teams from, from jump that have a chance to win a championship. But in the NBA... Warriors, Cavaliers, Cavaliers, Warriors, and whatever imagination you want to think of, and maybe the Spurs out of respect. Like, out of respect. Literally out of respect. But what you're saying, like, every sport goes through this in time, though. It was a time in the 90s when you penciled in the Yankees every year. Regardless of how you say it. Like, you're saying short-term, yes, this is, I understand your feeling, but every sport goes through this. Every, every sport goes through, like, just like in football. Every year, like, we're surprised when the Patriots don't make it to the Super Bowl. Like it's a, it's an off year where the Patriots make it. And by the way, I think by the way to follow to piggyback off your point, I think the I think the NFL is going through that now. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and I think the NBA is going through it. So I think, like I said, it's going to like it's going to come around. At this point, yes, I can see what your frustration is, but then you have to like Adam Silver isn't playing short ball, man. He's, he's playing the long game. He's not playing checkers, man. He's playing chess. See, he knows with his breeds, like yeah. I'm going to get it under him. Like, he's going to address the rest issue that we both have a problem with, that we both don't agree with. Um, he's going to address all that. And I think he has to address the one and done, too, though. I think he has to address yeah. the one and done, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think the one and done is terrible. I think you should just get rid of it. If you're ready I, I personally, and we've, and I know we've talked about this, but I think, I think they should do it the way baseball does it with their amateur players. If you want to come out of high school, you are more Josh Jackson, Lonzo Ball. If you guys want to come straight out of the league, Markel, y'all want to come straight from the league? Y'all want to come straight from high school and play in the NBA? By all means, do it. But if you dis, if you if you go through the draft process and you realize that oh, I'm not feeling what my draft positioning is, and you sign a letter of intent, you are locked into that scholarship letter of intent, whatever you want to call it. You are locked in for that for t- at least two years. 
Yeah. So you give them the you give them the option. You give them the option of going pro or going to play in Europe, whatever. Or but the only problem with that is that like you know the baseball offers a great farm. Like every team has a great farm system. Everything, you know, triple A, double A, triple right. A ball, everybody has that. And in the NBA, you don't have, everybody doesn't have a D league team. So you have, or the, and, you know, or the D league as a whole isn't exactly what the minor league base, like they don't have that feeder yeah, system that, that baseball, because even, because I can make the case that even college football is a minor league for the NFL, for the NFL. Basically. Oh yeah, we know what college football is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's the re- and that's the reason why the NFL is what it is and college football is what it is because a long time ago college football and the NFL figured out like, hey, we're a mutually beneficial relationship. You guys are good. You guys give us the talent. We're good. And and it's a, and it's a and it's a symbiotic relationship. College football's up, NFL is up. NFL is up, college football's up. Because the prospects that are in college, they go on to the pros, blah, blah, blah. They make something of themselves in the pro. And it's a mutually beneficial. The NBA treats college basketball like, hey, I don't. Like the redheaded stepchild, like, hey, y'all niggas do what y'all do. Like, I don't give a fuck. But the difference is, though, also the difference, though, is, like, college football players, like, you're not, I don't care how big and strong you are, at 18, you could. Yeah, you're not physically ready to play in the NFL. Yeah. You're not, yeah. You might be mentally ready. And you might be ready to, to handle the the monetary gain that you're gonna go from going from high school to call up, uh, straight to the pros, but physically you won't be. No, there's no way. There's it's not even possible. Unless you're just unless you're just a freak of nature. Unless there's a football player. Unless there's a football player like LeBron James in in yeah. in football right now. Exactly. That that that's able to make that transition, but that that those chances are very unlikely either. And even that's questionable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You come out with LeBron James, a six eight two twenty guy, you get thrown the fuck around. Like you, like LeBron is two sixty now, but he wasn't two sixty when he was eighteen. You know. Right. So. Right. There's a big difference with that. But yeah, I agree with you with with the way in the NFL and the NCAA. When it comes to football, how their partnership is, is perfect in a way. They send me out to each other. They respect each other's craft, you know. I don't think in a way the NBA, they respect, I think they respect college basketball, but I think it's not reciprocal. I don't, I don't, I don't even think, I don't even think, I don't think the NBA even acknowledges college basketball. I think yeah, the NBA, the NBA treats, the NBA basically acts like the NBA is, you know, some expensive swank restaurant, and then they treat college basketball like y'all niggas is Red Lobster. Like, hey man, like, <laughs> like, hey, you can have your little ultimate feast. Go, go. We're, we're serving filet mignon over here. Y'all niggas can have, you know, the admiral's the admiral's feast or whatever that is y'all fucking have. Like, but to kind of kind of move move forward a little bit. What do you um, what do you see with the Cavaliers? I mean, kind of bring it, kind of center the conversation more to the two finalists. I mean, I know it's pretty easy to predict what the Warriors will be in the next few years, as long as everybody stays healthy and you know doesn't have any kind of ego trips or anything like that. Um, this is a team that can have a sustained run for at least, at the very least. I, I believe every team in every sport has a three to five year window, and I think that yeah. the Warriors have are in the midst of their three to five year window. So. I think as long as they stay healthy, as long as Kerr's back stays relatively healthy, as as long as nobody has mental breakdowns or gets mentally irregular, as my nigga Rocky says in, in the Rocky films, um, you know, I think they have a chance to sustain this going forward, obviously. Um, as far as the Cavaliers, though, because the Cavaliers are more of the interesting, uh, yeah. they have more of the interesting dichotomy here. Um, where do you see Cleveland? 
I mean, they've gotten to three straight finals. They've won one. Uh, you can make the case that they should have won two. I can also make the case that I can I can also make that. But the same, but in fairness, I can also make the case that they should have lost three straight. Yeah. So, where are the Cavaliers? Where, where where are they right now in this moment in time in their trajectory as a franchise? I think they are. They are where they were last year. I think they they go into the offseason thinking they still have a punch of chance. I mean, not the same way they went to the offseason because nobody knows Kevin Durant's going to sign with Golden State. Right. You uh, do they need to make roster changes? Place, do you, in your opinion, do they need to make wholesale roster changes, or do they need to just no, do some tweaks? No, I think you. I, I think you keep the core intact. I think you keep uh, the LeBron James, Kevin Love, and the Kyrie Irving. You have to at this point. Yeah, because they've won you a championship. They've won you a championship. Say what you want to say yeah. about that championship, whatever, that's in the past. Uh, yeah. They've won you a championship. Uh, I, so at the very least, you have to come back with that core group for another year or two. Yeah, I think the big, the, the, the major thing, I'm pretty sure Richard Jefferson is going to retire after this year. He wanted to call the quiz last year, couldn't call the quiz because they won the championship. So I think Richard Jefferson is on his way out the door, man. I think... Uh, I don't know if they're going to bring Darius back. Um, no, I think he's gone. So, I think yeah, he's so gone. I think, uh, they, can find, they can find a better Darius Williams out there. Yeah, they're, they're going to find a backup point guard who can play defense, hopefully, and, um, and uh, run the offense when LeBron and Kyrie isn't in a game. And then you are then you go for another a guy who can play a three and a four. And I think, but I think they're in a good season. I think uh, whenever you have the best player on the planet, and I heard the Paul Pierce rumors like, oh, Kevin Durant's the best player on the planet. Like, listen, man, the, the, the kid just averaged a, a, a triple-double in the finals again. And people are, are still like, well, he lost, you know, like, hey, man, you... Well, you just go for it. Unfortunately, you and I have had these conversations for years now. So you know where I'm going to go with this. When you're LeBron James... When okay, you're, when you're, when you're, and this is where I'm going to get at. I don't want to hear now. Well, oh, well, we can't put this loss on LeBron. You know, we'll give him a pass for these finals. No, 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 you don't get a pass. No, let, let, me, let me finish for the listeners that haven't heard this. I know you've heard this, and I know you know where I'm coming from. I don't want to hear now that he doesn't get. He gets a pass for this. No, when you're LeBron James, and and you yourself have said, I am the best player in the world. I'm chasing ghosts. I'm not chasing Paul George. I'm chasing Larry. I'm chasing Mike. I'm chasing Kareem, Will, Jerry. I'm chasing those legends, those ghosts, that that Mount Olympus, that holy grail of basketball. That's that's what I'm playing for now. That's what I'm chasing. Kobe, whatever. Whoever you want to throw in there. When you're that guy, you're judged fair, fair or unfair. You're judged on what you do in the big spot, in the big moments. And the name of the game is winning championships. That's it. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, that, that's right. it. So I don't. I know. I know you know I'm right, and you know where I'm coming from. I'm just saying. And that goes. That goes back to the conversation we had earlier, though. That that type of mentality, though, what you just said, is why why the NBA isn't a reason. Look what you just said. When you're just chasing championships, so we demarginalize the regular season. Him, in, in particular, like we we call him the reason. But we only judge him if he wins in June. No, I don't think we judge. I mean, everybody knows LeBron is a great player. Like, I, you would be stupid to 
No, only we only judge him if he wins in June. We got to the same way with Kobe Bryant. We got to the same way with. But that's every, but I can make the argument that that's every sport, Luke. Like Tom Brady is judged on Super Bowls. Peyton Manning. Why do you think I? And we have me and you have had this discussion for years. Why do you always think that I feel like I feel like LeBron and Peyton are kind of similar in their career trajectories? That to me, I feel like Peyton statistically, physically, is probably the the most talented player quarterback to ever play football. But it takes more than that. I don't think he was though. Peyton Manning was nowhere near the best quarterback there physically. No, you know what I mean? As far as his head, his arm strength, the, in his prime when he was when he was at his peak, Peyton was just that nigga. But I never, I was never, I was never a big Peyton Manning fan. I always thought that Peyton Manning was a guy that hung up numbers, big time numbers in the regular season and in the postseason he struggled. And look at his record. Look at his record. Sense. I don't mean in that sense because it's hard to judge quarterbacks as when, when it comes to physicality and athleticism. But yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know what I mean as far as cerebralness, as far as the things that quarterbacks get judged on. You know, accuracy, throwing, arm strength, all those. I mean, if you were building a perfect quarterback in the lab, be honest, you would. You would build Peyton Manning at the very least. That'd be one of the. That'd be one of the guys you're you're you're, you're sculpting in there. No, I would pick Tom Brady before I pick Peyton Manning. I would, like honestly, I would. But, I, I but now that. you didn't. You didn't know that Tom Brady was going to become what Tom Brady became. To be fair, what? none of us did. No. Like if you saw Tom, like, be fair. If you saw Tom Brady in in at Michigan and you saw Peyton Manning at Tennessee and his first year or two in Indianapolis, you knew that at the very least, you you there was no comparison. There was no comparison. That's hard because that's hard because the NFL and college are two different two different leagues, man. That's that's like there's two different leagues, but 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 to be fair, but to be fair, I don't know a person alive. I don't know a person alive that knew Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady. And if you and if you say that, you're lying. If you say that, you're lying. I'm not saying I'm not talking about NFL executives. I'm sure there's some scout out there that loved that loved Tom Brady. After I seen him play his first year in New England. After Drew Bledsoe went down, I knew Tom Brady was Tom Brady. I was like, okay. When I seen him play, like, I always thought Peyton Manning was, was uh, over marginalized. I always thought he was. I agree with you. And, and me and you, have, that's the one thing me and you have always agreed on. I've always, I've always told you. Like, people people have always said Peyton Manning hasn't, hasn't played with great players. I'm like, yo, I've seen him play. But see, that's that's, that's my person. that's my point when I'm trying to make. Like, I. I'm, like I didn't when I see him play with those players, I didn't think he was the best player on the team. I was like, when I see him play with other great players, I'm like, well, you're really not that good. These players make you look good. Like there's a big difference. I seen him play with a great defense with uh, Dwight Freeney and uh, Madness. And uh, you know, I, I see these things. I, so. I, I will say I, this: the, your point that you just made is why I say that there's a lot of similarities between Peyton Manning and LeBron James. That they were the media darlings. They were the ones that everybody wanted to kind of push down people's throats. And like the problem, my big, the, my biggest problem I had with Peyton is the biggest problem I have with LeBron. When 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 Peyton Manning would win, oh my God, look at Peyton, what he does.
us his accuracy, his mental frame, how he how he just calls plays. Like you would you would see announcers basically having fucking orgasms in the booth. And it's the same, but but when he loses or when he doesn't play well in big spots, oh well, it's you know it's 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 Dwight Freed didn't get that sack. Oh, it's Jeff Saturday didn't block. Oh, it's the defense. Oh, Dungey's too conservative. Oh, this, that, and the other. It's never Peyton. It's never Peyton. And it's the same thing with LeBron. When LeBron goes into Boston and scores 47 points, 16 rebounds, and 18 assists, oh, LeBron is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when the when the when LeBron has a subpar final, or not even that, or LeBron loses a final, oh well, he doesn't have a lot of help. Oh well, LeBron. Oh well, LeBron is going up against. Oh well, LeBron was going up against a much better team. Oh well, LeBron is going this. Oh, LeBron was tired. Oh, LeBron is winded. Oh, blah, 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 blah. like stop with the excuses. Stop. That, that's that's every superstar though. Every name a superstar who hasn't got the benefit of doubt when they lost. Name one. Kobe. Yeah. Oh, he's gotten the benefit of doubt plenty of times. Never. Come on. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Tell you, all right, let me shut down this, uh, this Kobe argument right now. It's not about Kobe. It's not about Kobe. I just gave you a name. No, it's no, not about Kobe. Because you threw his name out there. For one, the boy shouldn't even play basketball no more. Let's be honest. Like, like, outside of everything, Kobe Bryant raped the cheek. So let's, let's listen, man. Oh, wow. So you really, so you're going to go there now. You're going to go back to 2003? Really? That's what you're going to do? You're going to go back to 2003? You're going to go back to 2003? Really? That's what, that's what you're going to do now? This is where I'm going with it at, though. If you can rape a woman, Go away. Come back the next year. Don't miss any games, by the way. And still be considered a hero, a superstar? Then anybody can come back from a finals loss and just be all right. Dude, you don't understand the level. Nigga. Like, right now. First of all. No, for- Ray, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Ray Rice can't get a job because he, he beat his wife. Those are two Ray different Rice. situations, and you know it. Yo, yo, did, yo, did he did he rape the chick? Yes. No, he did not. The chick had like 15 different semen in her fucking vagina. What you fucking talking about? That's the case, nigga. That's the case. No, it's not. If 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 I said if I, if it was unwelcome from number fifteen, which was his, then it was unwelcome. Dog. It don't matter how many people. Dog. He, you and I both know Kobe Bryant did not rape that chick. Is he, is he is he paying her? Did he pay her? Yes or no? Did yeah, he, he pay her? Did he did he settle out of court in admittance of guilt? No, yes the, no? the the civil suit, the criminal trial, the criminal trial was dismissed. Listen, listen. Did he settle out of court? No, it was never dismissed. It was, now, did he settle out of court so he didn't go through No, it was dismissed because the credibility of the victim was in question. So, she, her lawyers advised her, yo, just take the settlement, just take the payout, and you will... No, no, this is, no see, this is where you're wrong on history. This is where you're wrong. She, he paid her settlement out of court. He paid her in order for her not to press charges. They went to court though. They went to trial. They went to trial. No, no, they were going to go to trial. That's when the whole fourteen or the fifteen other guys, semen was found in her and all this. And then we're going to pluck it through blaster. And then her defense was, well, she could have welcomed the four fourteen before him. She could have welcomed all those. That doesn't mean he didn't rape her. No, no. And then and then Kobe's and Kobe's team was, well, you had semen in you had semen in you from that same day. So who do we know that you raped you? For all we know. before all we know, the other guy raped you and you blame Kobe Bryant. Like, how do we know that? Yeah, we don't. We don't. You're right. But did he pay? First of all, why are we even talking about this shit like it's law and order and we're sitting here debating fucking legal, legal, legal. What I'm saying is, we always give people passes, though. Like, in his, like at this moment, you might not like it because you're not a LeBron James fan. You don't like the, the nod that they give superstars. Like, superstars always get a pass, man. No matter, 
to a certain extent, but to, to a certain extent they get a pass. But LeBron gets more fucking passes than anybody, dog. Let me be honest. Like, if, if, if you're a LeBron James fan, you see the amount of hate that comes out. Like you only see the good things because you don't like them. And just like if you're a fan, you only see the hate because you like them. It's, it's it's from both sides of the coin. Like I, I'm a LeBron James fan, and I and I don't I don't be I'm not quiet about it. And I see a lot of hate. I'm just like I'm a I'm a Kobe Bryant. I'm I'm not the great the best Kobe Bryant fan. I don't I particularly don't like the guy. But I see a, a, a ton amount of hate, a love, and I don't see the hate for Kobe Bryant. You know. That, I see. I see. Me and you have had this discussion. We're not going to continue it, but exactly because you're a fan of Kobe Bryant, so of course you're going to see the negativity. And you're and you're a fan of LeBron James, and you're going to see exactly. And but that's all I'm saying. But if you're looking at it from 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 bias uh, for unbiased opinions, I feel like LeBron has gotten way too much of a pass. And and it's not even so much from the fans, from media too. Like yo, you see guys giving this guy a pass left and right, and now more so now in the last couple years, you see guys kind of turning a little bit. Like okay, no, he's he if he's the greatest player in the world, you know what? You find a way to beat the worst. Like if you're if you're this, I think I think the exact opposite though. I think in the beginning, even when LeBron was in Cleveland before he goes to Miami, I think he had a lot of hate from when he had the, the chosen one tattooed on his on him, right? And everybody was like, yo, who the fuck does this kid think he is? Like, you guys dubbed him the chosen one. And then when he ran with it, it was a problem. So, it, even coming into the league, he had hate. It wasn't like me. I hated him, I hated him coming into the league because I was like, who the fuck is this nigga? But, but that's the thing, though. Like, media personnel and players didn't like LeBron coming into the league. This, this facade that LeBron has been a loved player since he's been, since he's came into the league. Just outside of ESPN airing his games when he was in high school because he was that talented. Now you have to admit, there's no, there's been no product, or there's been no, no, uh, no, no uh, amateur with with the background that he's had, with 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 the ability that he's had. So he's on a different playing field from everybody else. Like you can't judge him the same way you judge Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Like it's not fair. Like only per- the the only person I can see you compare a LeBron James to is maybe a Kevin Garnett who when he was in Fairview, everybody knew Kevin Garnett was gonna be fucking Kevin Garnett and Moses Malone. Outside of that realm, you you haven't seen someone come out the way he has since sixteen years old and you looked at him like, yo, he's the next it thing. Like the kid now that plays uh Zion Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson. Yeah, yeah, that kid. You know, he's the biggest thing since LeBron. They are weeps and what he's 15. and he's going to Duke and he's going to Duke. I mean, shout out to Duke, man. They got the next LeBron James. I mean, ain't no ass off of me. I don't know the kid. I seen I seen a few clips of him. He looked like he can hoop. He looked like he's big enough to play right now. So, but what I'm saying is like it's when you say giving him a pass, you have to also understand there's nobody who's walked this path before. This he's the first person to walk the path he's walking. Nobody's walked in those shoes before. I can argue Kobe Bryant's walked in Michael Jordan's shoes. Michael Jordan walked in Dr. J's shoes. You know, these are paths that were created by other players. This is the first person, not coming out of high school, but creating that path of actually living up to the momentum that or the stardom he's supposed to reach when he was 16. Nobody's, nobody's been in that path. So when you say somebody's giving him a pass, a pass to what? Like, when you're great, you're great. There's no such thing as a pass. People nod their heads and say, okay, you lost. It's just the game, you know, like at the end of the day. You tried your best. Now, I didn't give him a pass for that Dallas series. I thought that Dallas series was terrible. He should have been crucified for it. And rightfully, he was in the media. They were like, what the fuck have you won? You can't go MIA and you're the best player on the team. 
You can't go MIA and you're the best player on the planet. I don't give a fuck what you was going through uh, at home. I don't care what social media was doing to you. You know, we corrected the next year by not looking at social media because everybody knows that LeBron's an emotional player, an emotional person. He's an emotional player. He plays off emotion. I'd call it something else. No, I mean, you call it what you want. And look, you know, the reason why most people don't understand why I'm a LeBron James fan, we have a lot in common, like, as, as, as people. No matter what you say, all the other great players in the league, I've, I've, I've noticed one thing out of all the other great players that have come before him, right? They've had a father figure, whether it be Kobe, whether it be Michael Jordan, whether it be uh, Magic. Man, come on, don't no, come I'm, with I'm me serious. with this social. Come on, man. Listen, I'm, l- listen, the dichotomy of it. Listen, man, I, I, I study psychology, man, in school. That's what I got my BA from. But listen, if you really look at it, like, I always wonder, like, why is this kid oh, so, so emotional? LeBron James is a really emotional cat. Like, like you've never met a star that's that emotional. Like, why the fuck are you so emotional? Like, it, and maybe you don't want to bring that into it, the, the mentality. I, I don't, I don't want to bring that into it. I don't, I don't want to bring that into it. It's the same thing with Kevin Durant. You see, I see the same thing when I see Kevin Durant. Why I called it a bitch move, why you went to Golden State. Whether you like it or not. No father figure, raised by a woman. Call it what you want to call it, but you see, like, when you grow up just being a, a guy who was just raised by a mother without a father, you notice it more when you see it. You're like, yeah, maybe that's why I'm an emotional cat. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit emotional, more emotional than other. Call it what you want, man. It might be something there. It might not be. I don't think he gets surpassed. I don't. I think that I think he gets crucified more than any other superstar of his level has ever got crucified. We never crucified Michael Jordan. He lost when he came back to play Orlando. We was like, well, he came out of retirement. Not my fault. He took a year off. Shit, don't get mad at me. But when you crucify him, that's all I'm saying. We give we give people passes because of their greatness. Everybody gets a pass sooner or later. And you might think it's he gets more of a pass than anybody else, and I might not think he doesn't. But I just think he does. I don't, I don't think he does. I think he gets crucified just maybe even more than anybody else ever at his status. I disagree. I disagree. I mean, I, he. I don't think he gets no more or more criticism than Jordan as far as being the best player. I think I do think that he gets a lot of people that defend him and go out of their way to defend him. But that's just me. We'll agree to disagree on that. We will. But you, 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 you see, you see the Cavaliers kind of standing pat. No major moves. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think they're going to make a major move sooner. I think they have to do something about the uh, the backup point guard position. And then I think Richard Jefferson's retiring, so I think uh, you have to get another three slash four in there that can they can play. I think uh, mm-hmm. you know your target area now, though, and that's the thing. When you see a go to state, you know uh, what you have to do. You you know who you have to play for. You know what you have to do outside of. Uh, I think starting five wise, they played good against Golden State. I think it's when they went to the bench. Just like you seen tonight, if you seen the game, Andre Iguodala, what do you have, fifteen points? Yeah, sixteen points, I think. Sixteen to eighteen yeah, points, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, when Donald comes off, the he field. he really he really kind of okay. saved them. Yeah. So a lot of people give it to the oh, Kevin Durant carried the team, and I always said that from the beginning of the series. What bench shows up? Remember, I said Darren Williams and Sean Livingston was a major matchup, but I knew it was going to be the bench, like. Mono mono, if you if you threw five players on the court for each team and they had to play all forty eight minutes, I think Cleveland would have won this series. Outside of that, when you go to the bench and you start looking how and I said that in the beginning of the, like go to the podcast, guys. I, I, I disagree on that statement. I, I disagree on that statement because I, I even though even though even though I'm surprised because I thought the big three overall played well. Like overall played well. I know Kyrie had those first two games where he just 
I, I, I thought he had a better game one than you did. Um, game two, he was non-existent, and then obviously we know what he did games three, four, and five. So, um, Kyrie well, had a good. Four, I mean, even last, even tonight, he wasn't awesome. He went nine of twenty-two for twenty-five points tonight. That's that's not that's not Kyrie Irving's numbers. That's you know? not Kyrie Irving's number, but it, but he didn't he didn't lose the game for them, or he's not the reason that they lost. Him not showing up in this game is not the reason that they lost. I don't. I just. I, I thought he was. Oh, yeah. I don't think he was as. The problem with tonight was that after he gives you the performance that he gives you in game three and game four, when he come back with this game tonight, it's kind of like, oh, shit, he had a bad game. But when you look at his numbers, I don't think he had a terrible game. He had 25 points. I don't think he just – he, he didn't – like, you can make the case. I know LeBron had his triple doubles. I know LeBron did what he did. But you can make the case that LeBron, that Kyrie saved them in game four. No, in game I three. don't think so. I don't. I think, I think he had spurts, whereas though he, he carried the team. But I don't think he – I don't think he saved them. I just think he had spurts. And I, but you have to expect that once you're on this level of basketball. All of them have to. Well, them two have to have spurts. I I can argue. I mean, I argue game four was saved by Kevin Love and his hot shooting. You know, that's what I thought won the game. And and J.R. Smith finally showing up. J.R. Smith showed up again today. J.R. Smith showed up tonight too. I mean, I think he was probably the second best player on the court tonight besides LeBron. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you yeah, can make I that case. You can make that case because Kyrie. Well, no, I think Jr. made some big shots. Notice. It is just too deep at this point. I think you know. I think over time. What do you think about Lou's status? Is Lou in any kind of trouble after this after this series? Or? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I disagree I, in a sense. I don't. I don't think he's in trouble, but I do think that if they get off to a slow start next year, I can see them going into the David Blatt territory. <laughs> I can see him going into the David Blatt territory. No, no. What? What? The reason why I don't think so though is because the GM David Griffin wanted Tyron Lou to be the coach anyway. Like now, before yes. He never wanted David Black, and then you can understand why because they didn't think they. Like he want David Black is more of a teacher instead of a coach. You know, like Tyron Lue is a manager because he was a player, so he understands the players, right? So as long as you have LeBron James, you don't really have to teach. You just have to manage. Like, all right, manage egos, manage playing time, manage situations. The, David Black, the old, the old Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach. Basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly what I'm saying here, but. David Black was more of a coach. He was a he was a teacher. He was a David. He was a gym rat. He was a gym rat. He was a guy that was you know studying film till late at night. Yeah, you know a, breaking down. I, I still think David Black has a chance to be a good coach in the NBA. By the way, I, I still oh I, I I see him getting a job somewhere. I, I I'm surprised he hasn't got a job yet. I think he has a chance to be an excellent coach. I think he has you know I I think you know. To be honest, I think he should have got the Philadelphia job, but you're never going to uh, fire. Uh, yeah, I think I, I can. I I I think he should have got the Indiana job. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I think he should have got the Indiana job, or I think he should have got a job somewhere in the Western Conference, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe Sacramento. I mean, name the numerous or Orlando. I think Orlando was the other team that was kind of looking at him last year when they hired uh, yeah. when they hired um, Vogel. But but yeah, I can see Tyron Lue if they get off to kind of a like if they if they have like you know how the second half that they had this year, if they have that kind of yeah. second half in the first half next year, I can see Lou being in some trouble. But, but I don't think it's gonna happen though. I don't think it's gonna, I mean I, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying that I can see that if that was the case. I can see it. Um, like I agree with you, I guess. Um, I agree with you for the most part that I don't think I don't see any major. I don't see any. You good, man? I I don't see any major shakeups. Um, it's weird with the Cavaliers. I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a talented team. 
I think they got three great players, and then they, they kind of have a hodgepodge of pieces. I don't think they're really yeah. a great team. I think they're a pretty good team. At times, they can be great because I think they have great players. But I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're a greatly constructed team. And that worries me about that team. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I will say this. I think the Warriors are built for three to five years. I think the Cavaliers are built for more of a two to three. And I don't see that team having much longevity past that. LeBron's going to be 33 by the time the season starts next year, or I think into the season next year he's going to be 33. Um, and those, and you know, 33 and LeBron is is like 35 for other guys. And so, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't see any major wholesale changes. I think they do need a point guard, an actual point guard, because Kyrie's not a point guard in the traditional sense. We know this. Um, yeah. So I think they do need a point guard. I think they, I think they need a another big man. I think they need another rebounding. Yeah. Uh, I think they. Well, I think they. I think they need a Brandon Bass type, uh, or not even so much a Brandon Bass. Uh, I don't want to name like a superstar. They need a um, fuck. Like they need like a Jermaine O'Neal type. Another big man that can come in there. Not Jermaine O'Neal that played like last year. Like Jermaine O'Neal like a few years ago. Yeah, not even Indiana. I think I think I, I think a solid bit like you know like a Dale Davis okay. to come off the bench, give you ten to twelve minutes a night of just grunt work, rebound, play solid defense in the post. Maybe give you oh uh, you know Kurt Thomas, perfect example. Oh uh, Kurt Thomas, they need a Kurt Thomas off the bench. I think that exact opposite though, because I think uh, I think they need another big man. Because Kevin Kevin Love, he, we know what Kevin Love is, yeah. and Tristan Thompson to me, I mean, is the biggest waste of ninety million that I've ever seen in my life. Although he showed up tonight and he played well, but uh, still, I think he's the biggest waste of, of ninety million I've ever seen. So yeah, that's my pro- outside of Jeff Samarja, because Jeff Samarja is a pretty big waste of ninety fucking five fucking million too. Um, but. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jeff Marge. Yeah, shout out to Jeff Marge, who's a fucking bum. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> His big, I know. I know that's your boy because he went to Notre Dame. I know it. You know. Come on, man. Leave my man alone. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I guess this puts the NBA season to rest. Really. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. The Warriors are the champions. Uh, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll break down free agency and the off season in the coming weeks and the draft. Next week's episode, we'll focus uh, a lot more on the draft. There's some things we need to talk about. I guess before we get off, get out of here, man. Before we do five of the week, I uh, wanted to get your um, opinion real quick on the coaching changes. The two major coaching changes we had uh, end of last week. Uh, first, that Mata retiring slash fire. I think more fire <laughs> slash retire, but or resign slash. It was it was a resignation. It was, was looked at. But I think it's yeah, more yeah. of a firing slash wink and a nod resignation. Um, I, I wasn't surprised by it. I had heard whispers about it with Ohio State. Um, something with that model in Ohio State just did not work the last couple of years. Uh, the recruiting had fallen off. Um, a lot of people blame his health. Um, some people kind of bring up rumors about a boost. Some of the alumni boosters there. That model wasn't exactly loved. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Where there's where there's smoke, there's fire with that kind of, when that with that kind of thing. So, um, that model out of Ohio State, were you shocked? I was surprised. I wasn't shocked. 
And are you surprised uh, that they're having that much trouble filling that that position? Because I am. Um, first of all, I said uh, I, I was sh- I was shocked just how they could happen. You know, you wanted to go in this direction, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you could have did it right after the season was over. What sucks though is what he had. He's only at one season where he hasn't won twenty games out there. Yeah. Oh, he's a hell of a coach. That man is one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, even with that dreck of a team last year, he still managed yeah. to win 18, 19 games. I think. I think he won like seventeen games. So um, I just just off of that alone, I, I thought that was kind of weird. Like they waited. Yeah, the timing was you, weird. Yeah. If you knew you wanted to go in that direction, then you should have you should have done it. You should have done it at the end of the season, and especially with more candidates being available. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just going to say with recruiting, and then the more big names that would have been able to come to Ohio State, because Ohio State isn't that bad of a job. It's, it's not, but I do. I don't think it's. I. It's not that bad of a job. Sorry to cut you off. I don't think it's that bad of a job. I do. I will say I don't think it's as great as a job as some people may think it is. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think when you're. I think when you're in that situation where you're such a football school, like everything, yeah, yeah, like no, no, that school is football, and then everything else. Like, yeah, I don't I think that's a great job. I don't. I think it's everything is football, and then everything else kind of falls by the wayside. I, Ohio State historically has been a pretty decent basketball program. So I think it's a pretty deep. I, I think it's a pretty good job. I don't think it's I, – I wouldn't put it up there with the upper echelon jobs in, in, in the country. That's what I would say. Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, I think they, I think they bounced back because they had uh, Chris Halderman, the uh, coach out there at Ohio State. So I think he's a really good coach. I think he's excellent, actually. So I think they, I think they, but they didn't get their first choice because they wanted to get Hoiberg, and Hoiberg released no, some bullshit ass. Of course, no, no, they wanted Hoiberg, and then they wanted uh, a coach uh, from Creighton. Yeah, yeah, uh, McDermott's father. McDermott's uh, dad, and McDermott, McDermott's dad turned him down, which was which was yeah. mind boggling to me because I'm Creighton, Ohio State. Why would you stay at Creighton? But whatever. And then Fred Hoiberg, Fred, Fred, let me give you a newsflash, Fred. Before, if you ever listen to the show, let me give you a, a newsflash. Get out of town. Like, go as fast as you can. Because with Gar Foreman and uh, Paxson running the show, and, yeah, just leave. You don't love Chicago that much. They shoot niggas out there. Leave. Leave. Leave as fast as you can. But, uh, yeah, for Hoiberg turned them down. So I, I was a little worried that they weren't going to be able to get a candidate, but they got somebody. Like I said, I don't think – I don't – I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think they have. I don't think they're that great of a program. I think Michigan's a better job personally at basketball than I than I would even say Ohio State. Um, but yeah, of course. but yeah, I mean that model that 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 situation. And so I guess I ask you: Do you think that model bounces back on his feet? Do you think he gets another job somewhere? Yeah, if he wants one, I think that model is his resume speaks for itself, man. Where would you see him? Where would you see him going? If you just had to pick somebody out of the hat, where would you see him going? I don't know, man. Just kind of, uh, I, I can see Thad Mott in SEC somewhere, coaching basketball in the SEC. I can see him in the Big Maybe. East. Nah, I can see him in the Big East, man. I can, oh, see, the uh, I can see him in the Big East, man. If I was, if I was a Big East team, you know, you know what? If I was, I was, if I was your boys, I would take a shot at him. Who? Georgetown. No, man. No, we, I gotta, we just got a coach. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, God. You call him a coach? Just her. Huh? You call him a coach? Come on, man. He, he's like your top five all time. 
You call him a coach, man? Come on, man. We just got us a coach, man. You, you call him a coach? No you, you call him a coach? No I'm not disrespecting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 it's a legitimate question, man. You call him a coach? I hope, I hope Patrick Ewan hears this. I hope he hears this, uh, this, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hope he hears it, man. Nah, I'm, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. That's my nigga Pat. Shout out to Jamaica. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. No, no, but I, I, I can see that kind of going to a program like that, like a fallen, a once dominant, once fallen program, like a once dominant program, kind of on its on its on its heels a little bit. I could see Thad Mata coming in there and kind of rescuing the program. I think he would take. I would. I think he would like that challenge of bringing the program back. Like I would love him to go to St. John's if Mullins was in there. I would love him to go somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah, Mullins, Mullins is doing a high job, but he, you know, he hasn't knocked it out of the park yet. We'll see. We'll see. I, I got to be more patient with him. Got to be more patient with Chris Mullins. But, and then the other one was uh, Bob Stoops. That's the one that really shocked me. No, that was the shocker. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the shocker. I didn't see that one coming. Um, I've always been a, a Bob Stoops fan, even though I fucking can't stand Oklahoma. I'm a Nebraska fan, obviously, but um, I've always been a fan of Bob Stoops. I, I, I feel like Bob Stoops is has gotten unfairly criticized a lot of years um, because, I, because I think because I think he, like if you look at his numbers if you look if you look at his numbers like the man was a hell of a coach his winning percentage is in the 700s I mean he's won a national title yes you can make the case that with the talent that he's had at Oklahoma the dominance that he's had there he should have won more championships the way I look at Bob Stoops is, is the way I look at Bobby Cox like Bobby Cox, you can make the chase. You can make the case Bobby Cox should have won way more World Series than he did with the with the Braves in the '90s and the mid 2000s. But it always felt like something weird happened to Oklahoma. Like they had a team set up and they just would they just would run. It always felt like either they would just lose heartbreaking games or they would just run up against just dominant teams that. They couldn't like they ran up against that USC dynasty, and then they ran up against that mini dynasty in Florida for a couple years before Urban Meyer decided to have heartburn. Um, um, so yeah, so it, so it always so it always felt like he was playing the the the, the bridesmaid to to somebody's bride. So um, you know, I don't know. I, I I think Stoops. I've always been a defender of Stoops, but. You know, that surprised me. The first thing I thought of, the first thing I thought of when when it happened, because the timing of it is weird to begin with. You know, it's so close to spring. You know, spring. You know, spring practice is already in, underway. You got camps and all that opening up soon. Um, you know, the, the timing of it was weird, and, I, and immediately I thought it was like a health issue. Like, yo, this man is sick. Something's going on with him. But you know, if you know everything that's being reported is, you know, the guys, you know, early fifties. Just wants to spend time with his family, and I respect that. I respect that. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on on Stoops, man? Uh, same thing, man. Uh, caught me off guard. It's hard thinking about Oklahoma without Bob Stoops as their head coach. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. For the you know, I've been part of fifteen years, and I, I you've only seen Bob Stoops over there. Like I think he gets overlooked because of the emergence of Nick Saban. I think uh, we undervalue how good Bob Stoops has been out there in Oklahoma. Just because we think championships are the only way to... to and I agree, with the, I agree with the knock that the cha- he should have won some more championships, but, you know. Yeah, but I, I think I think with the emergence, though, of Nick Saban and how many he's won, 
it's it kind of like overshadows Bob Stoops, and you look at the yeah. Urban Meyer how can he's worn. Well, not even like, that. Pete Carroll. I mean, he ran up against Pete Carroll in USC. They got smoked in that in that Orange Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think so it was in two thousand four. I mean, he's he's the reason why the Big Ten is still in the argument, you know, or whatever. Um, he was the reason why. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Nebraska left, Missouri left, Texas A and M left, and then Texas decided that they just wanted to be a fucking uh, uh, JV program. <laughs> so, uh, Which I love. I, I can't stand Texas. I can't. I can't fucking stand Texas. So, uh, hey man, I got. Hey, I'm, I'm. I'm actually feeling the juices for college football, man. I don't know why I'm, I'm feeling weird, but I, I'm actually missing some college football. I can't wait till we start breaking down some fucking college football in a couple months, but. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, shit. I'm, you know what? I just realized something. You're a Notre Dame fan. You're a Notre Dame fan. Ah, man. My bad. I, I know. Coño. I know I shouldn't have did that, man. It, it, carry on, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish with stuff, man. My bad. Listen, man. Don't, don't ever disrespect the house, man. Ever. Man. Get your life. Okay. Mm. Y'all niggas got fans dying and shit. Niggas, <laughs> niggas falling off the... the Yo, does the rap even have fans, man? Dog, dog, don't disrespect, don't disrespect, don't disrespect the Corn Husker Nation, bro. The, the what? The, the, what? the Corn Husker Nation, bro. Yeah, y'all, y'all, like, where's that school even at, man? Like, you got, bro. You guys have mixed we were Alabama before Alabama, dog. No, no, go, go back to Tommy Frazier, man. Go, go holler at Tommy Frazier somewhere, man. Lawrence Phillips, shout out to Lawrence Phillips, though. He ain't do it. A real shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Aaron, that is. Lawrence nigga. Phillips was Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez one point out, motherfucker. Nigga, yeah, yeah. Lawrence Phillips was Aaron Hernandez on steroids, nigga, and crack. And he went to he went to prison killing motherfuckers. Like, yeah. Oh, you killed your family. Like, this nigga didn't give a fuck. Yeah, cellmate though. Like with <laughs> cold blooded too. Like damn, damn what? No, that's not that life. But uh, yeah, man. But back to Bobby's shit. It, it was shocking when it came out. Like I just remember coming home from work and turning to ESPN, and I just saw like Bob Stoops is stepping down. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, did he get fired? Did he, somebody? Like, you know, you know, when somebody just steps down out the blue, it's yeah. like it has to be some controversy. It just can't be like I'm stepping down just because it's the right thing to do, and we have the next guy in place. Nobody does that anymore. This is like. <laughs> Nobody goes out gracefully. Nobody bows out like on their own. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. It did, man. And uh, it's gonna be different in Oklahoma without. It's gonna be different in the Big Twelve, man. It's gonna be different in the Big Twelve. Yeah. I think it's gonna feel. He's I, leaving it, though, man. I think he's leaving at a, high, at, a, at, a, at a at a and I think that also went into his decision. I think he's leaving on a high note. Um, <laughs> you know, they they had that big Sugar Bowl win, victory last year, so. You know, they, you know, he's he's leaving on top. For the, I think you'll, I do think you'll see him back though. I have a funny feeling that I think you'll see him back. I don't think you'll, I, I don't think it'll be as quick as like a year, but I think you'll see him in like I say in, I say tops three to five years. I think you'll because he's young enough. You know, he's only fifty six, fifty seven, I think. Um, so I think he's young enough. I think he'll take maybe three to four years off, and I think he'll come back and. Um, Coach, get another big job somewhere. Um, if the money's right, um, I think you could see. You maybe see him. I, I think you'll see him back. I think. I think. He'll, I think you'll get a gig on ESPN or CBS somewhere. You know, chill out for a couple and 
you know, return. But real quick before we go to Files of the Week, uh, do you think Lincoln Riley is going to be a success? I mean, they're hyping this little nigga up like he's basically the chosen one. Like God, you know, parted, you know, like Noah, Moses. Who, who parted the Red Sea? I'm not a Bible reader. One of them niggas parted the Red Sea. And, uh... Don't let your, don't, don't let your wife say <laughs> Anyway, they're, they're, whole, they're hyping this man like he's the Messiah. Uh, Lincoln Riley, um, that's a tough job for a 36 year old to, to take over. Especially, and it's one thing you take over Oklahoma when they when they coming off of four or five straight losing seasons like Stoops did, and it's different when you're taking over a team that has a high recruiting class coming in. They've got a lot of starters coming back. They're 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 one of the competitors for that fourth spot in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't know, man. They play Ohio State week two. Is Lincoln at, at the horseshoe? So is Lincoln Riley going to be that guy? We'll see. Now, we'll see. Now, Stoops started at 39, so there's not that much of a difference, but Stoops was way more accomplished at 39 than think, Lincoln Riley. But I think that I think that's why he left also, though, because he had a, a capable replacement, and he was his office coordinator. So Lincoln, I mean, it's not like the system changing. It's not like the players are changing. These are, you know, the only thing that's changing is lefty righty, man. You change the offense. Yeah, but you know, in college sports, the coach is the star. The coach is the figurehead. The coach is the the president. He's the guy. He's 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 the guy that drives the ship. He's the stabilizing factor, and it's different now when you're gonna have a Lincoln Riley. I mean, I'm sure when they're killing, you know, South Wenatchee State. You know, in week seven, some somewhere, you know, eighty-one to three or some shit like that. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's gonna look great. It's the it's week two at at Columbus against Ohio State. That's where you're gonna get judged. You know, it's it's against Texas in the Red River Shootout. It's gonna it's gonna be those games against uh, Texas Tech. It's gonna be those big games where Oklahoma's got to win. Bedlam, of course. You know, that's where we're gonna see Lincoln Riley. That's where we're going to see Lincoln Riley and his coaching and, you know, whatever. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, if you, you know, you listen to everybody, the experts or whatever, um, you know, Lincoln Riley's ready. They think he's going to be the guy. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, man, go get up out of here. Uh, do fouls of the week real quick. I'm going to go make it real quick. Uh, my foul of the week is David, is David Price. Um. <laughs> So let me get this straight. Let me let me let me get this straight, David. Um, because you know, if you you guys that aren't following, Yo, I, I'm only talking to the press. Once. Yeah. So so David Price. Long story short, David Price has this beef with the meat with the Boston media. Um, if you read between the great lines uh, or the grapevines, uh, you know David Price, and the way it's set up is pitchers. You know, they pitch every five days. So in, in between their starts, they're somewhat available to the media to do just whatever, whatever. They have some availabilities, availability to the media. So, you know, I guess David Price last year didn't like something that somebody, one of the Boston writers wrote um, and got a bug up his ass. Because, of course, that, that's what that's what's important. Not the fact that he got fucking rocked in game two by the fucking Indians. No, no, that, 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 that doesn't count. Not, not the count that he's never won a fucking postseason game. No, no, that doesn't count. No, 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 no. It counts as what, you know, some schmuck in the Boston Globe is writing about you. Yeah, that's what counts, David. But, um... But, um... So, you know, he, he came into the season with a bug up his ass. 
and it kind of, he kind of went off on the media a couple. Well, I wouldn't say went off, but he had a little diatribe of, you know, I'm only talking on days I pitch, and it's only going to be about baseball. No more writing about my personal life or whatever. So if you read between the lines, something was written that he probably said in off the record or in passing, and it was taken as a quote, whatever. And and I get that that is some frustration. I mean, because you know there is a there is a code and honor of you know what's off the record record and was not. You know what I mean? So I get that and I agree with that. As a person that at one point or another studied some journalism, I get that. Um, that being said, when you're getting paid 200 and... I forget the figure he got. $218 million. Number one, you and I, were both from northeastern cities. You're not taking on the media in a city like Boston, in New York, in Philly, in D.C. You're not going to win that battle. Like I don't even know how John Fell or um, or Big Dave, Big Dave Dombrowski didn't take him and sit him and say, "Yo, David, um, I understand you got a bug up your ass right now, but uh, bruh, you're not gonna win that fight." So my problem with David Price is, and then and then my biggest issue with David Price is he goes on his diatribe, he says he's not talking to the media, whatever, blah 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 blah, and then he goes out there. Against the Yankees, big game. His second start back from the DL. You want to give him a pass a little bit? I won't. When you're making $20 million, I'm not giving you a pass. I'm sorry. Um, he goes out there in a big game. A big game. This is what the this is what the Red Sox are paying this man for. And mind you, he we already know how he is in big games. Um, he goes out there and gets rocked. Gary Sanchez hits two home runs, one of which I still think hasn't landed yet. Like that shit is in that shit is in like fall rock, rock away somewhere. Um, So, you do all this. You have this little diatribe of yours, and then you get rocked? You get smoked? Come on, David. Come on, David. Come on, David. And I like David Price. I think he's a... David Price is a great regular season pitcher. He's a great guy. He's a... I, I like David Price. I get a kick out of him. He's kind of a quirky, different guy. But, David... When when your record is what it is in the playoffs and in the postseason, uh, my brother, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta fall on the sword, man. You gotta answer the questions. You gotta speak on days that not are not just your pitching days, but you have to speak on on that random you know third day of your recovery. You gotta speak. You gotta speak, man. So David Price, foul week for me. And win a fucking postseason game. How about that? Win a big game. Can David Price win a big game? Please, for $218 million, can you win a big game? Go seven innings in a game in October. Please. And give your team a chance to win. Can David Price do that? Please. I digress. Go ahead. Power week. Ah, man. I'm kind of passionate about that, man. Oh, oh yeah, man! It just annoys me when these cats try to take on the media, man. It, it, it annoys me, and I'm no and I'm no lover of the media because I know the media has their has their faults too. I know, but still, it just fucking bugs me when guys making two hundred million dollars think that oh, I'm not gonna talk to the fans. I'm not gonna talk to the media. Shut up. Go beat the Yankees. Yeah. Go beat the Rangers in October. Then you can when 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 you got a four zero record in the postseason. That's when you can talk shit. Tell me you're not gonna talk to the media, nigga. And I'm not even a Red Sox fan, so I'm getting passionate about shit that don't concern my team. <laughs> oh man, go ahead, man. All right, man. 
What, man? What, man? Let's stick on topic, then. Uh, <laughs> my foul of the week was also in baseball. Um, <clears throat> it's really a close to home, a little pat, uh, discerning, discerning, and makes my heart hurt a little. Shout out to the Texas Rangers, though. My bad. Uh, yeah, I'm about to get to that. <laughs> Dusty Baker. My Washington National. Oh, uh, not Dusty. Please, can we find something? That, somebody who resembles a closer. Somebody who can lock the game down. <laughs> somebody who can Oh, so, so you, you mean to tell me Cody Glover's not the guy? So can we get a trainer that, that checks up on motherfuckers every day? Because there's no way Cody Glover should have been out there. He's talking about he, he tweaked this black in the shot. People don't know. You know, Cody Glover came out. We, we got swept by the Rangers. The Washington Nationals got swept by the Rangers a couple of days ago. And uh, uh, during the second game, I think it was the second or the third game, or the, the wrap-up game in the finale, Cody Glover, after the game, he had a terrible game. He comes down and tries to lock it down in the ninth. Comes out after the game, and he says, fell. Prior to coming out, prior to playing, coming out the bullpen the night before or the day before, he tweaked his back getting out of the shower. Now, he didn't say if the shower was at home or he didn't say it was the clubhouse. He tweaked his back. Like, we don't even have enough problems in our bullpen. Like, we, like, now we, we just try, no, unhealthy motherfuckers just to throw the ball. Like, I might as well be a closer in Washington. Not only that, <laughs> not only that, we just blew today. Today, we threw fat ass Matt Albers out there. And, <laughs> Lost the two-run lead in the So I don't know what we got to do. I don't know. Listen, man, go pick up somebody on the golf cart. So, yeah, there's somebody out there right now throwing 95 miles per hour. Man. Just go ask him if you want a pitch. We ain't we got it, man. We can't. We lost four, we, four in a row. Four-game losing streak because we just lost to the Braves tonight. And our bullpen is trash. And, Dusty, you keep on telling us, oh, I got it. We got it. Obviously you don't, man. We we yeah we got like uh, before tonight. I think our bullpen uh, ERA was like four or five, four or five plus, whatever it was. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> there's no way you can count on this rotation to keep going that deep into games, man. Like, there's no way. Now I get it. We get off to a hot start. Yeah, the Mets have been terrible, but we don't know if the Mets gonna show up again. Uh, shout out to you on that. Hey, four 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 straight games, man. We won, man. We beat up on the fucking oh, Cubbies man. tonight. That's what it's got. Just got hurt again today, though. Hey, man. Minor injury. No. Minor injury. Hey, man. Hey, man. Minor with that guy, man. <laughs> Whatever, man. Hey, hey, listen, if it makes you feel any better, um, our bullpen is fucking shit, too, so don't worry about it. Nah, nah, it ain't like ours. No, I, I beg to differ. Bro, look look at our ERA, man. No, look, have you seen our ERA? Ours is the highest in baseball. Yeah, now, because it's fluctuating, but, dog, for like two months, our shit was in the stratosphere. Bro, we started the season with, you you, you see, who was our closer at the beginning of the season? <laughs> at least y'all, at least y'all have an excuse, you know. Like, <laughs> I am like, I, I'll pull for this. Oh man, he got suspended. Out here. You know, it, yeah. come on, man. We 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 went into this knowing we had a problem. Hey man, we well, to Maybe y'all could put uh, Strasburg as the closer, man, because God only knows he won't pitch in October unless it's only one inning. <laughs> and did you hear the news that we might be we might be in a hunt doing trade deadline to get Mark Melanson back? I don't want that. <laughs> we want Mark Melanson back. Hell no! Hell no! San Francisco to rot and die. Don't bring your don't come crawling back down. Hell no! You trust Mark Melanson? Do you trust Mark Melanson? 
Nah, I, I don't trust the motherfucker. I don't trust that nigga either. After he, after he put his tail in between his legs and ran out to San Francisco at the end of the year. I don't hey, man, y'all gonna pay him. Y'all wasn't gonna pay him. Hey, man, if you wanna win it, come and sacrifice him, motherfucker. You better, you better get your life together. Mark Melanson was like, y'all niggas ain't fucking up the cash, man. I can't fuck with y'all, man. All right, man, stay out of San Francisco. Man. Hey, man, the Nationals need to worry about paying uh, Bryce Harper $500 million, man. They ain't got the cash to do all this other shit. Exactly. We ain't got <laughs> money to spend on you. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you see, and you see the byproduct of it. We got to fork out four hundred million dollars in two years. And then, and then y'all basically gave a king's ransom for for Adam eating a nigga gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was that. Oh was man! Shout out to the Nationals, though, man. Shout out to the Texas Rangers. Shout out to the shout out to the shout out to the Texas Rangers. Yeah, shout out to the shout out to the LA Braves. And uh, listen, man, don't look now, man. I'm not getting, I'm not getting excited because we still got a long way to go. A long way to go. We're still four games. We're four, we're four games under 500. I'm, I'm still not sold yet. Let us get back to 500, and then I'll start talking shit. I will say this though. I will say this. I will say this. You guys better bury us this weekend. Nope, nobody's worried about the Mets, man. Let, let, okay. Listen, I, again, I'm not bragging. I'm not sitting here talking shit. Again, we're still four games under 500. I think we're still eight and a half back in the division. Like, I'm not bragging. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is, this weekend, we play a three-game series at City. Y'all better take care of business, man. Don't don't let the Mets get a pulse. That's all I'm saying. Is, is uh, David Wright using a wheelchair crutch? Is, is, uh, is Al Jazeera still investigating Ryan Zimmerman? Cause what's good? I mean, this nigga was a was a net negative last year, and now all of a sudden this nigga's Mike Schmidt. Come on now, dog. Come on now. This nigga's Mike Schmidt. Get out of here. Come on, man. Get out of here, man. Can uh, Thor pick up his hammer yet, man? Fuck you, man. I'm just asking. <laughs> this nigga beat up his wife and then needs thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. God damn. <laughs> damn, Jerry's, did you beat the bitch up that bad, nigga? Did you need a rib cage removed? Come on, son. Come on, son. Like, really? Oh, my goodness, man. Anyway. He got his technique from Jose Reyes, man. Man, fuck you. Hey, man. Oh, man. Uh,. So before we go, uh, shout out to my man Jeff Sessions. Please, please, please tomorrow. Because <laughs> the Comey, the Comey thing gave me so much, so much passion and so much love on the inside, and just gave me so much of a fulfillment that this, this is gonna be good tomorrow. Fuck whatever game is on TV tomorrow, uh, whatever, whatever TV show, whatever summer TV show, game show you watching. Uh, Sessions testifying in front of Congress tomorrow is going to be so fascinating. Oh, oh, oh. Well, because you know, under oath, he can't lie. Or he can't lie, but he's going to fucking jail. But, but I, I just think, uh, not to get so political, you know, because I'm not, I don't like to get political on the radio, uh, or on our platform, I should say, not radio. But, 
interview. It's just funny, you know, seeing Trump supporters afterwards. You no, know, like, so you telling me the ex ex FBI director just lying? Yeah, he's just gonna come under oath, right? All these stories. So you gonna believe the guy who's a who's a known liar over the guy who's done nothing but prevent prevent people from lying his whole career? Yeah, I'm not saying like if the fix is in, this isn't really good. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) This isn't like it's so many people in on it. I I fail to believe that it's so many this many people in on it to get Trump. Like I, yeah. Well, dog. All I have to say is. Your national security advisor, your campaign manager, your uh, your attorney general, your fucking boy wonder son-in-law. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, all meeting with the rest. Not to mention this jackass. Two days after he fires Comey, is meeting with the Russian ambassador at the White House, where he exchanges uh, sensitive material. And not to mention, newsflash, Trump voters. I know you guys are not that smart. Newsflash, right? Newsflash. The man on Twitter said, I fired Comey because of the Russia thing. That's obstruction of justice. (laughs) That is. The man admitted it. And then he did it on Lester Holt's NBC Nightly News. He admitted that he fired Comey because of the Russia thing. all I know is, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it smells like a duck, nigga, it ain't it ain't a rooster. It's a seagull, man. <laughs> it's one of the mockingbirds. Oh my god, man. Oh my god. But shout out to uh, James Comey, man. Shout out to James Comey. Uh, and uh, please, if you're do- if you're at work and you don't feel like doing any work, turn on CNN. It'll let you log in there, whatever, and watch watch this shit. It's gonna be a spectacle. I, I love. It. I know some people don't like politics. I love this shit. So and especially when 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 uh, when this bum ass nigga is gonna get impeached. So hopefully, hopefully, if it leads to to old Don getting impeached, because. I'm just, I just want to skip to the part where he's impeached. Like I want to see the impeachment hearings, nigga, because that shit is going. That's going to be lit. I, I, I love that. Like like I said before, and let me enjoy. Let me enjoy the circus before you show me the line, nigga. This, it's, because even if he gets impeached, uh, who, who are we trusting in? Mike Pence, conversion theory, Pence, the guy that thinks that you if you what? pinch somebody's nipple, you can turn them from being gay into straight. You know what I was? I was telling uh, my wife then. I was telling other people. I was like, uh, like I, I understand we want to rush to to get to this point, but you got to understand who we're going to have after if he gets impeached. Who's behind this guy? And I'm not trying to go to no concentration camp, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's like, and I said, pick him for the right reason because everybody's talking about impeachment, but then everybody else is looking like, do we really want this guy to be our president? I'm like. Like, you really understand if we impeach Trump, then Pence becomes our president. No, the and only, then, like... The only fate that... Everybody has to go, man. The everybody. only... Yeah, that whole administration to me has to go, but, <laughs> but it won't. It won't. But you know what they said? They said in the beginning, from the beginning, I think Sessions came out and said Pence... Or somebody said Pence didn't know anything about the collusion with Russia. And I think they set that up from the beginning. Like, oh, he didn't know anything about the collusion in Russia and the backdoor talks. Because they know, like, well... We're gonna have our Republican in. We're gonna have our one of our one of our good guys in there once he establishment guys. Once, yeah, yeah. Once Trump gets uh, impeached, fucks up because he's gonna fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Everybody think the uh, uh, the jokes is in from the, uh, the, the the Democratic side and from the 
from the other side. I actually think it's in, you know, I think it's, it's the back door the other way because everybody knows Trump isn't a Republican and he swindled the party to get in there and he ran. It's not even that, though. I don't even. I don't even think there's a conspiracy. I, the only conspiracy I think it is is that he did collude with the Russians. The, the, here's the here's the here's, here's the here's the fact. Russian Russia Russia provided Trump money for years to build his fucking businesses because he couldn't get money from here because he's a fucking he's been in debt so many fucking times and he's been bankrupt so many times. So he gets his he gets his money from other countries, i.e. Russia is being one of them. He has conflicts of interest. So as a president, that, why do you think he won't release his tax statement? Because these niggas is paying them, dog. <laughs> yeah. So. We'll go get out of here for the week, guys. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. Let, let me not get all political. I start over here and start writing a fucking John Grisham novel. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, we're going to get up out of here. Uh, only going to go an hour and some change today. Uh, some of us got family time. Some of us got other shit to do. So, you know, we're not going to give you all a full dose of, of me and this nigga Luke babbling on about nothing. But. Man, we always, like always, man, we just want to say thank you. Uh, if you take 10, 15, 20 minutes to listen to our show, if you listen to the whole thing, man, thank you. Appreciate it so much. Like I said, I'm just humbled by uh, everybody that listens, everybody that comments, everybody that, that, that gives us feedback, everything, man. Uh, like I said, we wouldn't be able to do this without y'all. Y'all are, y'all are our audience, man. You can't put on a play if you don't have an audience. You can't, you know, you can't make movies if nobody's going to watch them, so... You know, the, the audience, the fans, the listeners, whatever you want to call yourselves, uh, you guys are the reasons we do this. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for the support. Support independent media. You know, we are independent. We're two schmoes in the middle of nowhere talking about sports, man. So, you know, support us if you like what you're listening to. Support us. Follow us on Facebook, The Technical File Podcast. On Twitter, The TF Podcast One. Uh, we have a YouTube page where we start uploading some podcast episodes in the near future. So, yeah, man, that's everything, you know. And then, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Music, TuneIn. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere, everywhere. So, no excuse not to listen to us. So, as always, man, thank you. Uh, Luke, you got anything to say to the listeners before we go? Not me, you said it all, man. We appreciate y'all, man. Continue listening. We appreciate the followers that we have. We welcome the ones that uh, that are going to be here in the near future. Uh, yeah. We just appreciate you guys, man. Like you said, if it's five seconds or it's gotten in the whole show, we just appreciate it, man. We just two regular dudes, man, just talking about what we love, man. The sports is what we love, so. Um, yeah, definitely, man. Look out for the week, man. One half of the dynamic duo, man. Catch y'all next Sunday around two ish. Two Yeah, next Sunday. My next Sunday. Changed, so uh, yeah, gotta get my sleep schedule together. Since my schedule changed. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, Bat- you right. Batman got to get on a new schedule, man. He's, he's done saving the world on 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 uh, regular yeah. weekdays, you know. So, but uh, yeah, man. Oh, and uh, Father's Day is uh, this weekend coming up, so oh. we want to wish a special Father's Day to all the real real men out there that are taking care of their kids, taking care of responsibilities, man. Salute to y'all, gentlemen. Uh, to all the fathers around the world, man. Um, happy Father's Day, man. Uh, to my co-host, Happy Father's Day, my brother. Uh, Back to you, man. You you were a father before I was, and uh, glad to say you were one of the inspirations or one of the, the templates that I follow. So, Happy Appreciate Father's Day to you too, man. Keep doing. Oh, and congratulations! Just announced or just recently announced a uh, new baby, baby number three on the way, from my man. So congratulations. <laughs> 
On him? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, what, man? Nah, congratulations, man. Congratulations, man. It's, it's crazy because you got your third one on the way, so I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. Third one, yeah. yeah a month a month and a half away, man. So, yeah, man. You're, like, you're sooner than me. I, I still got to December, but yeah, you're around the corner, man. Yeah, and I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm going on the record saying I'm done. Yeah man, I'm uh, I'm out of the game, coach. Um, yeah, we we get neutered. We get we get neutered real soon. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, yeah, man, thank you everybody who listens, who follows, who subscribes, everything, man. Uh, thank you as always. Happy Father's Day. Uh, we will be back on Father's Day sometime next uh, next Sunday. So uh, we'll holler at y'all, man. Thank you, thank you for all the support, for all the love, man. We out. Peace. All right. Yep, I'll